Hello. So I'm back again, this time with a, a lovely lady called Libby Delana. And we've got a, a lot in common in terms of loving the outdoors, um, cold water swimming, walking. But I think Libby does things to the next level. So uh, it's lovely to be with her today. And hello, Libby. And how do you feel today? Yeah. Good. So uh, how am I? I'm wonderful. I'm very cold. Um, I'm actually sitting here in my jacket shivering, which is absolutely fine, but I've just gotten out of the cold water. Um, I'm in San Francisco. So got in the bay this morning as the sun was coming up um, over Angel Island. The water wasn't particularly cold this morning, but I find regardless of the actual temperature of the water, sometimes it's my mindset. I haven't been in the water in a few days, so it's a little tricky. Uh, it's a little different. Um, and I say I'm sitting here shivering, um, but I actually have come to love that feeling. And I'm, what I'm doing is just letting my body come back to uh, baseline temperature on its own. So I'm not going to hop into a shower until I sort of stop shivering. <laughs> And I feel really great because the thing about this cold water dipping, as you know, Gareth, you and I have talked about this, is uh, the thing that happens after getting in the cold water is um, I get, I think it's fair to say we all get a beautiful dopamine cocktail. And that dopamine is really delicious. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's um I don't know. It makes me think clearly. It um, definitely heightens my sense of optimism. And um, so, I, you know, there's nothing like getting in the cold water first thing and, and tapping into both the beauty of where we are when we get in the water. And this morning, um, I have noticed recently that there's one, I think it's the same seal, is very curious. And she comes up really close. In fact, the other day I got in the water and literally she swam right by my hip and around. And it was a little, I will say it was a little scary. I don't know enough about seals. I, I didn't feel threatened. I felt very safe. But she so today she sort of was probably about 15 feet away and her little face came up. Felt like she looked me square in the eye. <laughs> so, you know, the combination of the sunrise, the seal, and a little dopamine cocktail is um one of my favorite ways to start the day. So I feel pretty great. That's a lovely answer, uh, Libby. And I know what you mean about the seal because how how clean is the water where you are? Can you can you see through it? Is it and even if you can, is it clean or not? I think it's fair, fairly clean, although San Francisco's had a lot of rain recently. So I think there's probably a lot of runoff. I'm I'm not a scientist or you know, um, when I've looked at some of the um, sort of apps that describe um, how clean it is, it looks it looks like it's getting better after all these rainstorms. Um, but it's a bay surrounded by a lot of population, so um, I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know the answer. I feel safe getting in the water. <laughs> um, well, well I, the reason I ask is, I, I think I've been doing it for I don't know a few years. Let's call it, but. Um, I was under the illusion that where we live was super clean on the west coast of Wales, and it's only in the last year we found out just how bad the water is. And it's not just sewage either. It's, it's as you say, runoff into river. The river then makes the bay brown. So the reason I asked how clear it is, is the first time I saw a seal, it's, it's strange because you can't see anything below the water sometimes. In the summer, it's slightly different because I don't think you get the overflow of the sewage and also the the runoff into the, the river. 
So in the in the summer, often it's beautifully clear and you can go snorkeling. But I didn't start then. And I remember this seal just popping up and it was scary because it's like a big Labrador, isn't it? It's as if a Labrador has gone in the sea and then it pops up and his head is like a periscope almost, isn't it? The way it sort of looks, the angle. And I also know what you mean about the eyes because when you sort of look at each other, they've got sad eyes, haven't they? A bit like a Labrador as well. But um, I don't think they're sad at all. When I look at them and they dart around, it's it's the best. I mean, we saw a little baby one once, and um, similar to how you described, and it sort of brushed up against my leg first, and I, I I just had to film it, you know, on my little GoPro, and it was it was such a an encounter. Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking a lot about me and the sea now. So, um, how long have you been going for? And did you go on your own today, or how you know how did you even get into it? Yeah, and you, you can talk all you like about it because I think you and I have shared experiences in this uh, arena. I love hearing about it. Um, I didn't go alone today. I went with a, a dear friend. Um, <clears throat> we just met at sunrise. And um, so it was really, it was very nice. She had just gotten some news that I think was a little hard. So she said, it, I really need to get in the water. And um, uh, so we were both actually just very quiet. We showed up. I gave her a big hug. We wa- entered the water and you know, watch the sun come over the horizon line and then watch the seal. It was really, I like to call it wild medicine. And I think it's oh, totally. Yeah. It's um, those are pretty beautiful moments. Um, well, I started at the beginning of the pandemic kind of on a whim to be perfectly honest. Uh, my son was home with, from college and I was in Massachusetts where I live um, most of the year. And uh, I don't know, it was probably October and it was, we were just out at the beach. We're like, let's just get in the water. And as anybody who's done this sort of polar plunge on the new year or have gone into really cold water and gotten out and felt very invigorated and lit up and alive and uh, wonderful, um, we just did it a couple times and then thought, gosh, we feel so good when we get out of the water. So, um, you know, our little pod squad, our little pod that we had sort of nestled into the pandemic with, we all decided to get in the water and then started to do some research, of course, around Wim Hof and looking at all the information that was available about cold water. Um, And I've been doing it ever since. And probably, I don't know, um, I I try and get in the water every single day. Um, In fact, at home, I have a stockyard tank, which is a 150 gallon, you know, agricultural metal tank that's right outside my back door, even though I live on the ocean. And um, what I realized after doing it sort of uh, willy nilly those first few times was it was really a, t- a really powerful tool for my well being. And there's a number f- of functions around that. Of course, as we just talked about, there's the dopamine, there's this kind of practice of courage and bravery. And I think those are things we have to practice. I'm not sure we're all born with a certain dosage of courage and bravery. I think we we can learn it. But really, the dynamic force for me was um, when I was a teenager, I spent quite a bit of time hiking and in the backcountry. And there was one night where I got really, I got too cold, really cold. And the whole night I was shivery, shivery, and my mind kind of got away from me. And I really got scared. I didn't feel particularly safe, but I was also too shy to ask for support. So I was hiking with a number of friends and 
even counselors, adults. But I didn't want to wake anybody up. I tried to light a fire for myself. I wasn't particularly successful. I should have just gotten in my tentmate sleeping bag with her to really warm up. But that's a long-winded way of saying I had this narrative about me that was a really limiting belief. And that limiting belief was I hate the cold. And so, you know, from the time I was 13 or 14 on, that was part of how I identified. That was a that was a truth about Libby Delena that I held closely. I always had a puffy coat. Um, I wouldn't do things because I perceived them as being too cold. And I hate the cold. Remember, I hate the cold. Um, just like I hate sweet potatoes, right? Like I had this narrative that I that was truth. And um, I was going through some other things um, at that time in my life. And I began to wonder, is it possible to actually take those things that we hold true about ourselves and are deeply ingrained in our bones? And can I change that narrative? Or, or are they so... Am I holding on to them so tightly as a definition of who I am that I'm unwilling to let go of that? And so my practice really started as an inquiry around looking at the things that I identified with and, again, are limiting. We're limiting. They they prevented me from doing things and seeing if I could change it. And I can say that three years later, I now crave the cold. Um, it is a... It is a place where I am incredibly nourished. Um, and so this cold water practice is now something I crave versus something I avoid. Um, and as a, as an example of how much it's transformed my life, I actually have just come back from a week-long trip to the Arctic Circle dog sledding. Now, that the time I spent in the Arctic Circle, it was it was zero centigrade, below zero, it was probably minus one, minus two. Fahrenheit, it was um, minus seven to 10 for three days, basically. I never would have done, I wouldn't have said yes to that trip previously, but I now have sort of a level of comfort or confidence or, or that fear that I had that I carried with me since I was 13 is no longer as vibrant. And so it didn't limit what I could do. So um, I guess that's that's a long-winded way of how I started, why I started, what the impact has been for me. And I, I it truly is wild medicine. Um, it is it is truly something I crave at this point. So there'll be, you know, I, I might be doing something for work and get a little overwhelmed or frustrated or I'm like, I know what the answer is. And I just go out my back door, I get in my stockyard tank for a few minutes and, um, you know, things feel better. <laughs> Honestly, they just feel better. No, that's, that's beautifully put. And I didn't realize quite how our timeline sort of are in yeah. complete parallel as well, which is bizarre. So for me, it was COVID as well. And it was meeting a seal. And I just kept going back. And then one day I met this seal after a couple of weeks and probably looked at This sounds bizarre now, but we looked at each other for about, I don't know, it was minutes for definite. And the seal was on the wave out further out than I was. I was on the next one in and they were coming in in clean sets. And I just lay on my back, looked at it through my feet, started singing to it, believe it or not. And it was just there, curious. And I just felt connected to things. Um, 
I'm not sure. I mean, the cold was like unplugging the TV and the static disappearing for me. That's that's the nearest example I can think yeah, of for it. But I also loved the feeling of um, just not being lost, but just being of no consequence, you know, of being this tiny thing. Because when you're sort of day-to-day life, often you don't, you you feel, you don't allow yourself to just become minuscule and part of a, you know, a a big, big thing. So I like that as well. I haven't been for about a month and I do miss it. Um, I don't think I'll be going as far as getting a tank in the garden. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I'm joking, Lisa, thinking, I wonder if you're going to move north or <laughs> up a mountain or something. <laughs> oh, I just um, love that visualization of you, though, in the water with a seal, because that, um, yeah, it's sort of like, it, it's a very uh, clean through line to connection. And um, it is. And, and, you know, when we were chatting earlier, I said about a frame. If you ever told that, if I ever told that story, you know, that that would be frame one. But you could imagine that as a cross section, couldn't you? You know, with one wave down as the next one's higher coming in, and there's a seal on the one, and there's this this chap on the other on his back with his feet up. And I think that would be like a lovely cartoon. I think you're right. Well, it's interesting because you say that picture, it was at my last dip, which was several days ago. And um, where I was with a number of women, actually, there was probably five, six, seven of us. And we were all just sort of floating on our back with our, our toes up, just the way you described what you were doing. And this seal, I think, again, I think it's the same one, <laughs> although I have no way of really identifying no, or marking, no. but um, came up and literally did the same thing, Flo- was floating on her back, little flippers up in the air. It was almost as like, hey, can I be part of your crew? <laughs> and I hadn't seen her do that before. Honestly, it usually is just as you described, yeah. like the little face, cute, sweet little nose and eyes coming up, looking at you. But literally on this day, next to all of us was this seal with her little flippers <laughs> sort of like can i be can i join you all and um yeah I, I don't know maybe i'm anthropomorphizing what was happening and maybe it was just absolutely you know uh, the the moment and and had nothing to do with our connection but i i prefer to believe there was some kind of <laughs> um reaching out and inquiry and um some kind of connection but um yeah, well, I, I, mean, feel the, I feel the same when I see birds. So when I haven't been swimming, I've been sitting in the same spot early, first thing, and just looking at the sea and the birds. And if you sit still enough for long enough, as well as forgetting yourself, I think the things around you forget you're there. And when these little birds forget for a second, they come close and then they notice and then it's bang, they're gone. And it occurred to me the other day only, and it's exactly the same with the seal or any wild creature, and you could say it about people. <laughs> if it's the it's the pleasure of something choosing to come close to you for no other reason than it's choosing to, and yeah. it feels like a privilege, doesn't it? And that is true with people, really, as well. But um, I think we don't really think in those terms. But does that sort of sound similar? Oh, it does. Oh my gosh! Just even the language you just use is so poetic and really resonates. So. The pleasure, or the pleasure of just coming close. Actually, mm. what a beautiful phrase! Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, the pleasure of coming close. 
Well, the other, you know, the other practice you and I've talked about that I hold very dear is I have a walking practice. I started 11 years ago as a commitment to getting, getting in the outdoors. My life was wonderful and busy and in cars and carpools and meetings and inside a lot. And I had forgotten that actually what made me, me was being in the outdoors. So I just got up early one day and thought, okay, for the next 30 days, I'm just going to go for an hour walk. And I've committed to that for the last 11 years, which never missed a day. And I would argue that the pleasure of coming close happens in my walks too. So as I said, I'm out here in San Francisco and I've been walking through the redwood trees, which I just feel are like the most sentient beings, wise mothers ever. And I you know, I think as you said that phrase, that's what came to mind, the visualization of walking through these groves, these stands of redwood trees. I'm like, sometimes I just want to sit down and listen to what they have to say. And the, yeah. the pleasure of being close to to them is such a privilege. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that phrase. Uh, and without having to dominate or anything, isn't it? It's just, it's just being. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, I'm gonna, I, you know, Gareth, that that phrase, the pleasure of being close, is really, um, I don't know, is really settling into my bones here. <laughs> um, but um, so you ask, how do you feel today? I think it's well, it's a pleasure of being close with you in conversation is really, it's really nourishing. That oh, it's a treat. Pleasure, it's really nice to be. Yeah, pleasure of being close to the seal, to the redwoods. And um, I also sometimes feel really a deep sense of gratitude for noticing that, right? I think it's easy. There's probably a time in my life I didn't notice. I just was going through life thinking about other things that seemed so important. Or, But um, in particular, these two practices require you to be present and um, well, they, they nurture that presence, becoming present as well, don't they, for definite. And I think once you've, I mean, I don't want to make this sound too um, esoteric, but once you've had a bit of a taste of of that, it's very hard not to, to go back, isn't it? I, I can't ever imagine. And this is bizarre because I'm 50, nearly 51, and this is only the last couple of years, perhaps two or three years, really. And it's made a significant difference in my life. Yeah, a significant. Yeah, and I think um, I don't think it is esoteric. I think um, right, it is. It's the privilege of tapping into the subtlety and awe of what is right, right next to us, right here. And uh, it makes me remember when I was a kid. I, I keep coming back to that all the time. That the things I still love as a as a nipper, you kind of forget, don't you, for thirty years or forty years or probably 45 years if I think of some things <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm rediscovering them you know it's, it's it's bizarre really I wonder if that happens to everybody I don't know I really don't know yeah I don't know either I think it's it, perhaps it's quote-unquote easy to dismiss the wisdom that we had when we were five or six or seven or eight but uh, you know again I, th- I think there's just as you noted it's um to tap into that. What are the things that lit us up, made us feel alive? Well, I keep thinking we're the same person. It's just that, I mean, this thing of aging and feeling your age and, you know, things changing as a consequence of it. But actually, I bet you, you feel like exactly the same person if you think of who you are, what you are. It's just you've experienced life. So I keep trying to embrace that more and more. 
Yeah, and I think the thing that's so beautiful about tapping into that time is um, maybe the societal narrative was less dominant in our head, right? Um, Meaning this is what, um, I don't know, success looks like, or this is what, when we were 10, 11, 12, what success looked like, or what wisdom, or what joy was like. Yeah, it was really simple. (laughs) It was, it was, and it it didn't include the future either. (laughs) <laughs> no, it didn't include the future. That's so that's so true, Gareth. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, I can't believe it. We're up to our time. Um it's been a pleasure as ever, Libby. Um, is there anything you'd like to to leave us with? And don't worry if it's not, but is there anything in particular you'd like to to say? Well, I guess because of my love affair with my walking practice, I'll just invite everybody to go for a walk and um, uh, just notice and pause at how it makes you feel. Because I think it is one of the things that if we are able-bodied, which I don't take for granted, but if we are able-bodied, it's a really beautiful, beautiful tool for well-being and, uh, you know, how do I feel today? I feel I always feel wonderful after having gone for a walk, even if it's for five minutes. So I think it's uh, consider going for a walk today. <laughs> Brilliant! That's that's such a, a lovely end to our chat, Libby. So it's been great. Thanks a lot, and uh, bye. I'll see you soon. You sure will. Thanks, Libby. Bye. Bye. <laughs>